This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. I'm Fabrice. I'm, I'm French, as uh, we can hear with my accent. I've been involved in uh, the open source since the early 2000s. I contributed to the first version of Eclipse. Maybe you know it's, it's a Java uh, IDE in the first place. So uh, very uh, into open source. And as I was doing this, I've always been curious about what I can do to code right. That's always been something in my mind. And so this, if you take the two open source and code right, you mix the two. And this is, these are the reasons why I joined SonarSource in 2010. And I'm now the, the head of product at SonarSource. This is a continuing episode of a series with Fabrice about SonarCube. We talked a lot about how SonarCube finds bugs through static code analysis. I was kind of wondering if you were going to bring in a SonarCube and test automation for the bug part in the build pipeline. Do you want to expand further on the how SonarCube uses test automation? What do you mean by, by test automation? Automation. So one of the things I value about SonarCube, SonarCube will show you the coverage report of what happened in your, your test automation. Maybe I'm dreaming. Am I, am I off the track? Uh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. You're right, indeed. I suppose you're talking about all the automated tests that you write, unit tests, integration tests, which you can get the results from the tools and import them in SonarCube. Yeah, that's a very good point, which... SonarCube will, will help a lot. And I have a good story to tell on this is at SonarSource, we always paid a lot of attention to unit tests because we said, if you don't test your code, well, looking at the quality is good, but first you should really make sure you test your code. Ever since the beginning, we, we try to have a good coverage of the code. And when we were doing the versions of SonarCube, which were a two months recycle, we would work on the code. And at the end, we were like, okay, what's, what's the coverage of, of, of the code, did it improve or not? Well, it did not improve. So we're going to look at some classes that we can test and kind of uh, improve the code coverage. It was a pain. What SonarCube helps is to ensure that you, you will focus on the new code you add and the new code you touch. This is what we call clean and new code. And if you think about the test part, you can make sure that everything you add or, or you touch is going to be covered at 80%, for instance, which will gradually ensure that you improve the code coverage just because you make sure that the code you are adding, pushing, is perfectly tested. And this part is very useful because you don't need to look at some old code that someone else's wrote and that you're going to write test for. No, it's it's your own code, the one that you just created. So you are accountable to test it well. And SonarCube will help you in this. Yeah, cool. Back to your uh, original scenario, the junior developer, when they check in code, if the team does test automation, the, the feedback loops really fast on the code quality before you check in the code because it shows up in your IDE. And then after they check it in, the build pipeline does its thing, runs, builds the comp- compiles the code, runs the, the automation automated test, and then... That engineer could, if they chose to, go back and see if they've got like green bands across their the code they just checked in to see if they missed a, a test or something like that. Yeah, exactly this. We talked about developers who use Sonar. Why do architects or managers ask their team to use Sonar? And on this one, I would say that 
first, usually, Sonar is often introduced by developers themselves, probably because they've been using it in the past and they, they wouldn't want to do software development without Sonar, or because they know they, they, they want something to, to do a better quality, and so they are looking uh, at something. And since we have a, a big open source community and that a lot of developers know Sonar, it's, it's quite easy for them to be in touch with someone who is using it or to hear about that during a user group. So it's really in the first place, usually developers who are pushing to use Sonar. But getting back to managers, I suppose there are different kinds of managers. If you think about a release manager, this person wants to be confident that the quality of what is going to be delivered is good. And Sonar offers what we call a quality gate, which is, let's say, a go-no-go to production. So for them, it will be a good to say, I have this, this gate that I can put in my pipeline, and uh, even in my automated pipelines, and if the gate is red, if the, the quality of the code doesn't meet the uh, quality conditions, the code will not go to production. So uh, it's, it's, it's a way to be safe about that. You have engineering managers who care about the technical depth. They don't want too much technical depth to be added over time. Otherwise, they know that it's going to cost a lot to introduce new features, uh, to uh, refactor the code. At some point, it might costs uh, more to uh, add new features than rewriting everything. So for these engineering managers, Sonar is also a way to, to make sure the technical depth is, uh, is under. Nice. All right. That makes sense. So they have a way to get some visibility that they maybe never had before too, because they can't, they don't sit with, maybe they should, but they don't sit with their developers. They don't look at the code that's being written and, and they just give them, a, like, a, like you were saying, a a threshold or, or a report out that, that talks about that. And there's something else also about team leaders or managers. They want to ensure that, that the developers in the team, they, they have a collective ownership of the code and of the quality of the code. And so what's, what Sonar helps here is to ensure that everybody is using the same standard of quality. And so I am not going to be the only one who is paying attention to the quality of the code with these standards. My teammates are also going to follow the same standards in Sonar, thanks to Sonar Cubes and to Sonar Lint. And to some extent, everybody is going to care for the one who will maintain the code in the future. And that person could even be me. So uh, if if I have to touch my own code in the future, I would be happy to to um, to have written some good code in the past. Now, there is a community or free version of Sonar, and there are a number of paid versions. With a free version available, why do organizations pay for SonarCube? <laughs> I'm worried about you, man. You got to pay bills, so we got to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true that the, the community edition, which, which is SonarCube and SonarLint, by the way, SonarLint is, 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 is totally open source, you get a lot for this. You get support for 17 languages out of the box, analysis uh, on the fly in the IDE, on the CI/CD with this uh, reporting, with a pull, pull request, but reporting dashboards, uh, be, uh, being able to investigate the quality gate. That's the community edition. The first commercial edition, which is the developer edition, will bring some features that most modern teams will want. For instance, the ability to have the visibility on branches or the support for pull requests. If you are a modern team, chances are that you are using pull requests as part of your workflows to do some code review. And the support of pull requests is available in the developer edition. So that's one of the first good reason why a company would uh, move to the developer edition. You get some additional languages also in the developer edition, like C, C++, for instance. 
And then for bigger companies, we have this enterprise edition, which brings capabilities around governance. So for people like managers, executives who want to understand how well the teams are doing in terms of uh, code quality. We have also features for security teams because in these big uh, companies, the security teams, they, they also want to, to know what uh, the development teams are doing in terms of security of the code early on uh, in the process. And the last one is the data center edition where we offer uh, clustering capabilities uh, so that companies can have um, high availability and uh, horizontal scalability of SonarCube so that as they have more and more teams, more and more projects, more and more activity, SonarCube is going to, to handle the load uh, of all of this uh, without any problem. Is that last one an on-premises or off-premises product? The data center edition, that's a non-premise one. You uh, download SonarCube and you install and you operate it as part of your uh, own infrastructure. Does SonarCube offer a cloud solution? Yeah, uh, so not SonarCube. It's it's called Sonar Cloud. Okay. Uh, that's that's a SonarCube twin, let's say. Yeah, it's a SaaS solution, which I would say covers all the needs of developers and development teams. So everything around all what you can find in the code, the support for branches, pull requests, advanced detection, the quality gate, and so on. You have all of this on the SaaS offering, which is Sonar Cloud. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I might go sign up because I, I want to uh, run Sonar against some of the, the my, my home projects and 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 see what their what their code code quality is. <laughs> okay. And, and, but but yeah, I'm lazy. I don't want to set up a... I, I've set up enough servers. I don't want to do that anymore. I'd rather get, get try a SaaS solution. Yeah. And Sonar Code is really meant for this. If your code is on, uh, I don't know, some GitHub repositories, you, you simply need to uh, sign up on Sonar Cloud. Sonar Cloud will tell you where are your repositories. You select them. A couple of minutes later, you have your first analysis. You can go into this, see what it brings. Uh, very easy. Nice, nice. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Are you new to Agile or Scrum? Looking for a fun way to pick up the knowledge to become an Agile team? Go get the novel Agile Noir. It's a dramatic novel about a project manager who needs to transform his teams to become agile because his life depends on it. This book is available in the U.S. on Amazon, in India on Pathy.com, in China it's available on my WeChat store. Links are in the show notes. Check out the show notes. There you will find links back to SonarCube, a way to contact Fabrice, and any other exciting information that I can cobble together and provide some value back to you. What are show notes? Show notes zip right into your podcast player if you use such a device. If you don't and you downloaded the MP3, go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3 and you will find the show notes there. This is a continuing episode of the Sonar Cube series. The first episode was 231. To find it, just type into your favorite search engine, Lancer Agile Thoughts, and in the search box, just enter in the episode number. Next episode, 
more Sonar Cube. Now I'm going to be a little bit selfish here and talk about my role uh, in, in the world and of IT is that I frequently go to companies as an agile coach and I spend a lot of time explaining the value of the practices I teach to developers and the managers who pay for my services. When it comes to having clean code by itself, it's really tough to show the monetary value, for example. You know, how does improving design or to be solid or not having giant classes or functions, what is the monetary value of that? It's easy to show the cost of me training, my cost, because it's on my, you know, it shows up on their, on, their, on their bill, but it's hard to demonstrate the value within months of training that teams get. Do you have a way to help me out here? Do you have a way that Sonar can express the value?